This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, is there anything that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Anything at all? Is there a reason that you seem like you're in Stuckville and you just can't move forward? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and really match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I love that you're able to chat with them within 48 hours and it's not a crisis line. It's not for self-help. It really is just professional therapy and you can do this securely online. The services are available no matter your time zone and you can log into your account anytime and send your message to your therapist. It's like having them on speed dial. You can even schedule a weekly video or phone session, and you never have to sit and wait in a lobby. BetterHelp is really committed to, you know, facilitating those great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy and free to change therapists if you need to do so. I know with a lot of the service providers of anti-human trafficking organizations and people like you who are listening to this could have some vicarious trauma and the therapists they see don't normally allow them to move back and forth. And so here you're able to change therapists if you need to do so, um, so that you find a better fit. Now, BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So please visit their website, betterhelp.com. And because they're doing such a great job, you can join over a million people who have taken charge of their own mental health and with the help of an experienced professional. And so we have an actual special offer for you today for all of the Inhumane podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is brought to you by Canopy.us. Now, I know you've heard me talk a lot about the dangers of online in our world today. So I'm here to tell you about a few tips that can help protect your kids online from porn and sexting. I highly recommend, of course, to use parental controls on all of your family's devices. But the truth is that the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years old. And one in four kids have received a sext and one in seven have actually sent one. So that's why Canopy is such an important app to install on your kids' devices. Canopy actually helps prevent the exposure to porn before it happens. They use their technology actually filters images and videos in milliseconds. And when Canopy detects a nude or lingerie-esque image, it's saved to your child devices. It will give them the option to delete or send to you for approval. That's like a lot of checks and balances. So you can try Canopy for today by using the code INHUMANE and check out for 30 days free and 20% off for life at canopy.us. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the INHUMANE podcast. Um, this episode's title that it starts with believing. And really, my main question is, I don't know when American citizens, when law enforcement, when the world just said, hey, it's okay to physically, sexually, mentally abuse children and youth. 
And I know that that is probably a really strong statement, but the evidence really, or the proof is in the pudding, right? Like it's really there. So we pay these high salaries to these executives, to these coaches. We pat them on the, on the back to really exploit these children and youth on the global stage. Plain and simple, that's who they are. And that's what we, those are the accolades that we actually give them. And so I'm really talking about what has happened to the U.S. The US uh, gymnastics team. I mentioned it on a couple of episodes before, um, but I have been following this story for quite a few years um, because one, gymnastics just has a, a really dear spot in my heart. Um, I practiced it as a child, high school, youth, um, and collegiate as well. It's one of my favorite sports to watch of all time, whether it's Olympic season um, or it's not. So I just completely love gymnastics and what it's done for my specific life um, in childhood. And I can't imagine someone putting a dark cloud over that love for for that sport. And I can only imagine and assume that that's what these athletes have been facing all this time. And I think that it's extremely important to talk about what's happened with the U.S. gymnastics team over the past, you know, couple of decades, because it didn't just happen recently, what you're seeing on the news recently. Um, and in reality, this should be a wake up call to all parents, because I'm constantly talking about when it comes to human trafficking, that there's force, fraud or coercion. So if these Olympians on this global stage that have access to a lot of things that have a lot of attention on them, and yet there being there's force, fraud and coercion going on with an adult manipulating them so that this predator can abuse these children and youth. Where are the cameras on that, right? Where are the lenses? Where are we not focusing to protect these individuals? And in my opinion, it's everybody's responsibility. There isn't one person that's not responsible if you are partaking in this sport, in this um, extracurricular, in this club ball, um, in robotic, whatever it is, you partake in that. And this is why human trafficking like is so hard for people to understand like what it means, right? How do we identify it? Why it's so complex is because there's force, fraud and coercion and adults, predators, they coerce these children in youth. That's what it's called, right? There is force on some of them as well. And there's a lot of fraud going on. And so you have these children and you actually have these youth who may be 15, 16, 17 years old and this has been happening to them and then they turn like 25, 26 and they're still not even thinking that they were abused as, as a child because they don't have that awareness, right? They thought it was someone being nice to them and this is just kind of how things went or they got special treatment or something along those lines because we don't want to believe that that could ever happen to our child is, is frankly the main reason I think that we don't have a lot of awareness and have those conversations with our kids. Now, 
gymnastics is not a a sport for everyone, not because of just the time and the toll it takes on your, your physical body, but it is a very expensive sport. So these parents, like my parents, for example, spent a lot of their money, hard earned money to put us in gymnastics, right? To put us in tumbling classes or this class or that class. And so you're working for that money to put them in there. And so I'm just wondering, like, who was paying attention? We all couldn't just say, "Mm, nope, that's not it. Or that's just this side of town, right? Or this demographic, because that's always what we want to say. Oh, it's because someone was looking after that, you know, that child. They didn't have a parent or they don't have, you know, guardians or nobody pays attention to them or anything along those lines. Look at this demographic. You're talking about moms and dads who go and see you practice over and over doing the same thing and failing and failing, right? Over and over. So they're there and there's some that are not, right? But there's usually always parents around in some way, shape or form. There are other coaches looking on because even some coaches aspire to be those elite coaches, right? So they're paying attention. Other athletes are paying attention. Like you're in a you're in a space gymnastics. I feel like you're in a space where you always have eyes on you because you're always part of the competition. It's stiff out there, and that's because I wasn't even a great athlete like like that, right? With these Olympians. Um, now, one of the things I want to say is that I think it's really hard. When you have all these systems in place where we kind of just dismiss that abuse is happening. So the U.S. Gymnastics Organization is a monstrous organization. I mean, I spend tons of money with them by buying, you know, T-shirts or hats. And when they have um, when they're on tour. Right. And I want to go and and see them on tour. Um I mean, it's a really, really, you got a culture, a brand that is just amazing. So you're not going to do anything to diminish that brand, right? You don't want a dark cloud over it. You don't even want a speckle. And that is what I believe has happened with the U.S. Gymnastics Organization. And it just, man, it just pains me because if... We can't grasp and if we can't do anything to protect these kids from one individual who is a predator, right, just sexual abuse, how are we going to conquer the fight in human trafficking? How are we going to do that if we don't even want to open our eyes for this? Like they're on a global stage and I'm using them as an example because I think it's just it. this should like be extremely eye opening for people. Whether you're a parent or not a parent, if you're just part of society, period, it should be mind boggling to you on how this was allowed to happen. Um, Now, 
I think it's really important that it uh, for everyone to understand. And I think everyone, yes, agrees that abuse is more important than any industry, than any organization. It doesn't matter if you're part of a big church, um, a most loved church of a, you know, most loved pastor or uh, the NBA or the NFL or women's sports, um, because boys were being abused as well. It wasn't just young girls. It was also boys because um, we tend to leave that demo demographic out so much. Um, but it it's even in schools, right? It's and we just have to open our eyes and we have to, again, the title of this episode, it starts with believing. It starts with believing that child or youth who may say something to you or may feel uncomfortable and their nonverbals are showing that they don't want to be around that individual. Are we paying attention? Because with the U.S. Gymnastics Organization, I do believe they are paying attention. There's evidence that they were paying attention, but there's also evidence that they just wanted to sweep it under the rug to not tarnish this just monstrous brand. And I think this is what happens with a lot of these organizations. They're so afraid to tarnish the brand opposed to saying, you know what, we found this out and this will never happen again. And we're going to protect every child. And now we've just stepped up our standards even more. We've just stepped up our, um, you know, background checks even more. Like I rather an organization tell me that, tell me that. Tell me that they discovered this. They're going to fight to the fullest for this person to um, get the largest consequences that there are prosecuting them. Um, and then they're going to go to this next level of protecting everyone, protecting the children before their own brand. And because in essence, that's the result, really. If you protect the children and youth, you will then protect your brand. And Right now in society, it is the opposite. We are protecting the brand. And <laughs> if it protects kids, cool. If it doesn't, well, you know, at least the brand's protected. And I say that very nonchalant because that's exactly how these victims were treated. Now, I know uh, most people, um, they became aware of this story because of the U.S. gymnastics uh Doctor uh, Larry Nasser, he actually um, over the past couple of years, right? He was picked up, questioned um, because he had like initially three accusers, um, and then lo and behold, you're talking he had been accused of molesting 265 girls over a lifespan of 20 years, being part of. Um, you know, also being part of the U.S. gymnastics. Um, he also was the head doctor um, for like sports for Michigan State, you know, for MSU. So over two decades, this predator, because we know he's not a man, he's just a predator. That is his label. This is what and I and this is what he was allowed to do. Because that's just what it is. And I like calling things what they are. There's no point in sugarcoating it. I'm sure these victims and their parents, they don't want you to sugarcoat it. People allow this to happen over a 20-year span. And you can't expect victims to come out and say something. And that's the only way that you're going to know. 
their kids, their kids, most of the time they have no idea what's going on. And then if someone, you know, really scared them to death, they're just, they're definitely not going to say something. The brain is a very tricky thing sometimes, especially when it goes to flight or fight. That fear settles in and they can lock that away and it can be blocked and they never bring it up again. So we can't just say that it's all on the victim to do something. And my big question in regards to the Larry Nasser deal is over 20 years, how did this happen? Like, because no one was watching? Because no one was watching over a 20 year span. The US gymnastics entire organization. It happened on your watch. So I'm telling you all that it happened literally on your watch because it is not your job just to provide a platform for these kids to come and, you know, be Olympians and we just train them. And that goes for any organization that has young people um, or that is made up of young people that is made for young people. You're not there just to provide a platform. Your first job is to protect those kids. So you may follow some safety guidelines so that no child get physically hurt on your equipment, for example. It's also to protect them from the people that you employ or have at your um, center or gym or whatever, for whatever reason. That is your number one job. You know, when I was um, like in a specifically when I worked at elementary and I was an elementary teacher, you know, I always got questions of like, oh, how's it been teaching this subject and that subject and blah, 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 blah. And in reality, it was like my number one job was to make sure that these kids were safe. That was my number one job because you're talking, their parents put me, put them in my care. And this is when we're going through like active shooter drills, fire drills, right? Even from each other. Um, Like it it was my job to keep them safe when you are out of your parents' care. Then I could teach you. Because if you know anything about like just even, uh, right, Pavlov's rule is like safety is first. A child cannot think and cannot be at his or her best If they're thinking about safety, if they're thinking about hunger. So any one of you who provide something for a child, your number one job is to provide safety. Everything else is after. So I say again that it is not true that nobody was watching about Larry Nasser or any of the other coaches who have been caught. It totally happened on your watch. 100%. Now, how can I, how can I say this? Um, I, like, and I bet you're wondering, like, how, how did he get caught, right? Like after 20 years, um, there's actually some really great articles out there. And I commend the Indianapolis Star, the Indy Star uh, publication, like, I just commend them tremendously because the U.S. Gymnastics Organization, they're headquartered in Indianapolis. So the Indy Star started doing some investigating because back in so back in 2016, um, they wrote an article where (laughs) that the U.S. Gymnastics Organization was covering up 
um, allegations of sexual abuse for about over 50 coaches. What? So this is back in 2016. And that's what they, um, that's what they publish. Now, over 50 coaches. Yes, it was happening on your watch. And yes, you knew it was happening on your watch. Larry Nasser was just the bigger fish. He was just the bigger fish. But you got to look at everything else. Um, There's actually a case out of Georgia where a coach preyed on a young female for like seven years. Seven years. And her family reported it. And the U.S. Gymnastics Organization actually did nothing. They did nothing for the first four warnings against him. So when I how I started this episode, right, is if you're another coach, you're watching. If you are another gymnast, you're watching. If you're a parent, you're watching. If you're part of the community, you're watching. And so there were people that did say something about some of these over 50 coaches because we don't have the exact number of how many coaches um, who have been you know, caught abusing, um, abusing their gymnast. And so they were told and they did nothing about this coach. Um, in 2013, there were two former U.S. Gymnastic, gymnastics officials and they admitted under oath that the organization routinely dismissed sexual abuse allegations um, as, and they dismissed it as hearsay. Unless it came directly from the victim or the victim's parents, then they just pushed it off and filed it away. That's literally under oath what they said they did. Now, how are we allowing them to get away with that? It doesn't matter what state you're in, you are supposed to report any sort of abuse towards a child. And they're trying to find loopholes to try to get away with that and basically say, well, you know, it didn't come from the victim, so we can't really do anything. Yes, I know. And I'm fully aware that not everybody is trauma informed and they don't understand how victims minds work um, and and just victims, period. If you just talk about talk to any sexual assault victim, um, they normally don't want to say anything. And their timeline is all out of whack because that's just what happens to your brain. And so then we already start questioning them and be- and not believing them. So, yeah, then they don't want to go any further and they're not going to put themselves through more harm, as well as some of these parents, which I don't blame them. Some of these parents are not going to put their children through that either, like they were already harmed enough and they, too, aren't thinking that there are a hundred other children that are going to face that in the future or that already have like you're not you because you can't it's like you can't even fathom that a human could actually do that right well they're not it's total inhumanity right because these individuals are just straight up predators and they will keep on hunting and we keep providing the prey for them and that's what the u.s gymnastics um, organization did and I'll tell you, when this article was written, like in 2016, at the time, they had over 121 athletes and 3,000 gyms that are part of like their membership, right? Um, because this is how you get your Olympians. So you 
are responsible for that many athletes. And you basically, the U.S. Gymnastics Organization shrugged their shoulders and said, well, we didn't hear it from a victim, so clearly it didn't happen. And we've allowed them to say that. And we've allowed them to get away with that. Now, here's some, some, uh, some things that they discovered. Um, there was an actual, in 2011, a U.S. gymnast um, complaint about Marvin Sharp. And this individual was like named national, um, uh, national coach of the year in 2011. And it was described that he touched minors and they warned that Sharp should not be around other children, period. So other coaches were doing their job. They said this man, this coach should not be around them at all whatsoever. Um, and so four years later, then the U.S. Gymnastics reported sharp to the police. Why four years later? How is that? How are we not not just shaking our finger at the U.S. Gymnastics organization? But how are they not facing actual criminal charges? How are you canceling somebody canceling somebody and the way they make their living because they don't agree with you politically or um, about public health or all the crazy things that are happening in our world right now? But you don't cancel these people. I don't understand how we don't cancel these people because, you know, these individuals are extremely wealthy. And they've made horrible choices and decisions that literally cost lives because you, those kids, they can't get that life back during that season, right? They were physically, mentally, sexually abused. They can't get that part back. And yet we do nothing to these individuals at all. Um, Sharp, uh, Coach Sharp, he actually was also accused of like um, trimming their, uh, again, trigger warning real quick, um, trimming like their pubic hair. Like that's how far he went. Um, he touched their private areas. He took sexually explicit pictures. Um, when this gymnast was 12 years old, that's when he started doing that. That's when he started doing that. When she was 12, she can't get that life back. And the U.S. Gymnastics Organization and their leadership at that particular time should totally be held responsible. Well, Sharp finally went to uh, went to prison. He actually killed himself in prison is what the reports say. So usually to me, when somebody does that, you know, 100 percent that they are guilty in in my opinion and the facts that normally show. Now, there was another coach. Coach Mark, and I might butcher his last name, Scheifelvin, and he was charged with molesting a Tennessee girl when she was 10 years old. Um, and the family contacted the police in 2002, and he um, he even videotaped her. Um, yeah, he videotaped her. He videotaped her with her private parts, and he would tell her that this was like for training purposes. Um, and so this is, again... Not anything that's light. He received like in 2003, like seven um, charges or counts of aggravated sexual battery and one aggravated sexual exploitation of a minor. So currently he's serving 
36 years um, in prison. And this started in 2003. So did the U.S. gymnastics team do what they were supposed to do, again, to prevent this from happening, right? Because there's one, there's, if you, if you have kids and youth in your care, there are two things you have to prevent and protect, and then you have to do something and take action if something happened in between, right? Because I get it. Not everything is foolproof. We know that, but we're not even preventing and protecting from the beginning. And that is your job. It's not your job just to get them on podium, It's not your job just to get them a gold medal. It's not your job just to get them on the Olympic team or go to Olympic trials. Your first job is to protect. And that's not what these people did. Um, There was also a coach, James Bell, and there was a complaint filed on him as well. At least five years, someone complained about him at least five years before his 2003 arrest for um, molesting, who was it? Sorry, I lost my place for a second. Um, three young gymnasts in Rhode Island. So there was three individuals for him. Um, but in 1990, another underage gymnast told police that Bell had climbed on top of her and told her he wanted to take her. Like those are specific words that uh, a victim actually said. And so he physically... Uh, definitely assaulted her as well. And so he finally pleaded guilty um, after he went on the run in 2004. So then he pleaded guilty and he's only serving or only served eight years in prison. And even that, right? And I know we're all from different states and we have different rules and different laws, but to only give someone eight years for doing that for to a kid is insane to me. This is why human trafficking is on the rise because we give them a slap on the wrist and somebody else just takes their spot. There's literally absolutely no deterrence on harming a kid. None. People can do eight years in their sleep in prison. I mean, I can't. (laughs) But when I've worked with some of these individuals who have, um, you know, done time or for other different reasons, or even some of these predators of sexual assault and human trafficking, they're like, oh, I can do that time in my sleep. There's nothing to it. So there's no deterrence at all. Absolutely no deterrence. Um, I have another coach that I just want to mention, and he is Coach William McCabe. And this one, the U.S. Gymnastics Organization received four complaints about him. Four. As early as 1998. So see what I'm saying? We're just finding some, like with the whole Larry Nasser deal, um, this just happened in the past couple of years. But this has been going on for quite some time. 1998 is when those complaints started happening. And a gym owner, and I applaud that gym owner, they warned the U.S. Gymnastics Organization in 1998 that he should be locked in a cage before someone is raped. Those are the words that the investigation of the Indy Star, um, they actually published that. And this is what that coach wrote to the U.S. Gymnastics Organization. Now, of course... Nothing happened because the U.S. Gymnastics Organization did not report anything to the police. They just kept that in their little folder and filed it away because I guess they didn't hear it from the actual victim or the victim's parents. 
So he began molesting an underage girl in 1999, and he continued to coach children for about seven more years after that. And it wasn't until the name is Lisa Ganser. She went to the FBI um, because she had concerns about emails from her 11-year-old daughter between McCabe and her 11-year-old daughter at the time. And so he was charged with molesting gymnasts, secretly videotaping girls when they were changing their clothes and posting their naked pictures on the Internet. That's what he got caught. And he finally pleaded guilty in 2006 in Savannah, Georgia. And he's serving a 30-year sentence. Okay, 30 years, eight years, like huge discrepancy, huge discrepancy. And if someone charged a a predator who hurt my family member with only eight years, we're going to go back to trial. There's no way that that is okay. So, again, they were already warned. So they prevented nothing, protected nothing. And they took no action once they found something out. I don't know how this, everyone is okay with this because this, why I went through just few of those coaches and what has happened to them is that is called a pattern. And anything else, when there is a pattern, we see that someone is at fault then, right? That it's not just an outlier. It didn't just happen one time. And so how are we not holding the U.S. Gymnastics Organization and their leadership to the fullest, like criminal consequences? Because that's what I think that they deserve. And I'm sure that all of these parents would agree with me as well. So you're going to want to come back and listen to part two of It Starts With Believing episode. We'll see you in a bit. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.